Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Morata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. On the mic today is special guest, Ronica Stone. Ronica is a professional volleyball player for the San Diego Mojo and former middle blocker for the University of Oregon. Her career was unmatched at Oregon as she finished as the all-time career leader in block assists with 429. She is the only player in program history to reach 400 career block assists. Ronica chats with us about her volleyball journey, family ties, and love life with professional quarterback Jordan Love. You know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the mic with Ronica Stone. Ronica, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we clarified before we went on air how to pronounce your name because I'm sure you've been like called so many different things and I was at first when I like read I was like Ronika Ronica <laughs> like you just go through your head yeah. so that's so yeah, fun were, <laughs> were you named after your dad yeah so okay. my dad's name is Ron and then I have three sisters my oldest sister is Deja and I have one younger brother but we apart from Deja it's Ronnie Christina Stone, Ronna Christina Stone, Ronica Christina Stone, and Ron Christopher Stone Jr. So we're all like little juniors. Yeah. Of my dad. Yeah. How, I guess so, house. And Deja's just like. She loves it, really. <laughs> she, she loves being different. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I that bet. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think that's really awesome that you get to carry on um, your dad's name, but you've also carry on a lot of your dad's legacy in athletics. And so obviously, like you have a grand scope of things going on in your life besides volleyball, but I'm excited to be connected with you um, through the San Diego Mojo. I was out there for the brand reveal, which was super great. And I just love watching in that room specifically, there was just so much excitement and energy and, you know, you girls are really like stepping into this new adventure. And I love that, you know, volleyball is getting more notoriety and you guys are just really kind of um, blazing a trail for that. So why don't we get in more to the nitty gritty of business? And then of course, we're going to have some girl talk, which I'm super excited about because Already, if you guys could have seen us before the show, it's like we got to get the right lighting. We have to make sure we look good. You never know who's watching. Um, so, so I'm super glad uh, we have the same company in that. But tell us a little bit about your road to Mojo. Yeah, I was playing. I played at the University of Oregon. And after I always had dreams of going pro. And at the time, the only pathway to pro was overseas. And so my first year, I went to France and that was 2020, and everyone knows what happened in 2020. Yeah. The world shut down. A little, but it, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it really shut down in Europe. They took that very seriously, as yeah. they should. Um, but it was it was hard being over there, and it put a bad taste in my mouth of leaving my family and missing out on so much. And so after that, I decided I didn't want to go overseas. I played in Athletes Unlimited. I played in Puerto Rico and I saw Pro Volleyball Federation came out with an article and Tori Dilfer, her, we went to, she's playing for the Atlanta Vibe and okay. she was on my team in Puerto Rico, but she, her dad was mentioned. Her dad is Trent Dilfer, yeah. former NFL quarterback. And I saw his name in the article and I immediately called her and I was like, what is this? What's going yeah. on? And she what, gave me biker up to? contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rolling through. Yeah. And Jen told me about the league and I was like, I... I'm in like let's yeah. do this and then after that I've 
working with the league, I was working with player relations. And so we started hearing a little more info. I had a little more of an inside scoop of what teams were coming about. And when I heard California was coming, uh, it's, I mean, it's been a dream to play in the States, but yeah. to play in my home state was like something I could have never even dreamed of. Yeah. So yeah, once San Diego was announced, I had a couple calls with the GM and here I am. <laughs> You're like, hey, do you want me <laughs> you know you want me on this team yeah. well I think it's cool because you know you're over in France and again everybody was dealing with a lot you know in 2020 and you know I think in that time and I don't want to speak for you and like we can talk through this but like I imagine there's like a little bit of like resentment with like maybe not volleyball as a whole but just like where your life is like your season of life because I know I mean, I'm not a pro volleyball player, believe it or not, but um, in my <laughs> in my in my own life, like that was just a really hard time for everybody. So, did you go through a time where you're like, "Yeah, I'm done with volleyball. This is not it." I I wanted to figure out a way to still play. That's why Puerto Rico came to mind. But I knew I was like, I'm not going back overseas. I can't do it. Like my next offers that my agent was talking to me about, they were great offers, but he was telling me Russia. I was like, okay, well, if I was really sad in the south of France, I can't imagine my <laughs> being lifted anymore. No, like I haven't been. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. can't imagine being landlocked and enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. So I, it was more just like with the world shutting down and volleyball used to be like throughout every season of life I had before that it was my escape. And then it felt like an imprisonment when I was in there and there was like no escape. There was nothing. There was no social life because you yeah. had practice and then back to your apartment. There was nothing else. And I felt like trapped and yeah, I wasn't enjoying the sport anymore as a sport that gave me like so much joy. And I know I was still talented enough to like continue playing, but yeah, in that moment, I, I was having talks about like wanting to come home early and like not even finishing my season because it was so hard. And I mean, I don't ever see myself quitting anything early. So I stuck it through and I'm glad I did, but yeah. like props to everyone that's overseas. It's not hard. Like some people love it. That's why I always want to tell people like experience yeah. because some people do love it, but like, I feel like the majority it's, it's tough out there. So yeah, it's hard. Well, Every you're away team. from everything, you know, like you're yeah. away from your routine. I mean, I had, uh, one of my best friends play professional soccer in Australia. Like that's on the, that's like a whole different world. Yeah. It's like, you I know, have, like, and translate out in the grocery store. I'm like, what type of meat is that? Right. It's like, a complete culture shock. And again, it's an experience that no one's going to be able to take from you. But mm -hmm. in the same breath, I can imagine like there's a little bit of a relief of being like, okay, now we have the opportunity, you know, to be stateside, to be in California. Who doesn't want to be in California, truthfully? Um, and now you're going to get connected, you know, you're connected with the mojo. And so why don't we talk a little bit about your team? Do you have a relationship, a prior relationship with some of the girls on the team? Or is this all completely new? No, I know almost everyone on the team somehow, some way. Four of the girls I went and played at the University of Oregon with. And so that's going to be so funny. Okay, just so fun. Changed. Yeah. yeah. One, Willow Johnson, she was my same recruiting class. And then August Rasky was a year older than me. And then Morgan Lewis and Carson Bacon were, they were freshmen when I was a junior or 
Carson was, and then Morgan was a freshman my senior year, but I played with all of them. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay Stalzer played with during Athletes Unlimited. Noma I played with during Athletes Unlimited and against in Puerto Rico. Same with Shada, same with Henesis. Uh, Newt Sara played with in Athletes Unlimited. Uh, the only person I feel like I haven't played with, but I think I played against everyone or with everybody except for Tara and Hannah and Zoe. I, yeah, there might be three girls. I... That's going to be so fun, though, like to have like you again, you've already played some of these girls or you've played with these girls. And so I imagine it's just when you're in the same locker room or you're at practice and you guys are really gearing up like 2024 is the y'all's year. Like. Sure. It's about to pop off. Like we're making history. Like we are the ones that are setting these records right now. No one. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. Like so cool. Straight up OGs. And I think like what's super neat about it, you know, again, is it's the fact that you are like you feel again where you need to be. And mm-hmm. you couldn't have stirred this up for yourself. You couldn't have planned this for yourself. Like the right doors open for you and you just felt confident walking through them. So tell us a little bit about how you make decisions in your life. Where do you feel like you get like, I know I'm getting you with that heavy hitter. Like people out there that are watching or listening. I mean, first of all, people, so women, young women, especially are looking up to you, ladies, you guys are creating history. And so I think it's important for all people of all ages, though, to hear, how do you make a sound decision that's just not based out of emotion? Because you seem very emotionally intelligent. But I do know what it can be like when your emotions are like, ah. so how do you find yourself making wise decisions? I think I learned a lot from going overseas and just seeing in college you build so many relationships and you're so close and it feels like a family and not like not that it's not that way when you play professionally but it is there's a lot more business to it um and I'm such a people pleaser and I want to make everyone happy but then sometimes it's at the cost of my own happiness and Mm -hmm. when I went overseas and I think the first time I realized I need to start thinking about myself and making sure that I'm good was my decision to not want to go back overseas not trying to make everyone else happy because that's what everyone expects out of me. I think when I make my decisions, it's like what will make me feel right and the most comfortable. I hate being uncomfortable. And I still want like, I still, I want people to be happy, but like, how can I do it in a way where like everyone wins? I know that's like, you can't have it all, but I think you can. Yeah. And, And so when it came to me deciding not to go overseas, like finding a plan B, Puerto Rico, which worked for me. And I loved my time in Puerto Rico, Athletes Unlimited. It worked and I loved my time. And like, there's so many more opportunities growing for women in sport. But I think just like listening truly, like when I hear the two options, if I'm between choosing between two, like you feel it and you know, right away, and you can have conversations and get advice from people. But I think like your gut like tells you right away. And from there, it's like, are you willing to like take that risk and trust yourself or are you going to like spiral into the field of pleasing others? And so I, for me, it's really like costs and reward, whatever, but I started listening to myself a lot more um, and just trusting that I, I know me more than anyone else will. And just going with the decision that works the best for myself. That's the biggest thing, right? It's like, it could be like making a decision of where to go 
for school. Did, did a thumb just pop up on my yeah. screen? Oh, wait, does that happen? Maybe you have an update. <laughs> Earlier was- when I was preparing for this interview, balloons started popping up and I was like, I don't really know if I like this, that somebody, there could be a third party putting stuff on I my know. screen. So if you saw that, like, comment and subscribe. I know. sound fine. Yes. Like, who knows what else is going to pop up? Anyways, I'm getting so distracted. But people in their good nature will try to give you advice and they'll be like, okay, well, when I was your age or when I had to make this decision and like it's people are notorious for this when it comes to like dating, like I'm literally like unsolicited. I didn't ask. I didn't ask, but we're like, oh, well, I knew when this person walked into my life or blah, blah, blah. And I think that's just it. Right. Is you're like, no, I know me better. And then there's like a select few people that know me just as much or have my best interest in mind and are going to validate the decisions that I'm making to because you're ultimately in charge of your own life. Like you can make a decision like you could have you could have quit volleyball. You could have like if you really wanted to like I mean, that's not in your nature to be a quitter, but you could have made that decision and gone and done something else. Um, And, you know, you would still probably have fulfillment in life, but deep down you knew that you wanted to continue. So I think that's just super important and empowering, um, again, to to trust your gut and to also look to the people closest to you for that, like, extra measure of, I feel like my screen's about to do something. In the same breath, that doesn't mean I've made all the right decisions ever in my life. Like, I've made plenty of wrong decisions, but like we were saying, when you learn the best coming from your own choices, like if someone were to tell you something and you went with it and it was the wrong decision, you'd be like their fault, whatever, like yeah. to myself. But like when you make that wrong decision, it's like, okay, like yeah. I gotta own that. Take a step back. you own it and you learn from it. So I think when it really does come down to you and you do trust yourself, that's the only way like growth happens in the uncomfort. There's no growth in the comfort. Well, yeah. Right. There's no growth in the comfort zone. Yeah. And really how it is it's true and like to kind of like echo for like what we were saying earlier about like we don't want to be uncomfortable I think it's really good to to point out the types of comfort we're talking about uncomfortable there's an uncomfortable of like I'm in danger this doesn't sit right with me I feel like my throat's gonna close that's like an uncomfortability people should not experience that's like like a predatory uncomfortable right but there's an uncomfortable we're talking about you know in in that growth of just like growing and stretching more of like a growing pain and being pushed and so that type of discomfort is the comfort or the discomfort that's actually good because it grows you to ultimately be where God wants you or you know the doors that are going to open for your life and so I think it's just important for again for those listening and especially like the young women that are going to be looking up to you guys it's like you guys you have the power to make really good decisions and you can be trusted. I think if you feel like you can't be trusted, you're going to make distrusting decisions or you're going to make very timid decisions. Um, it seems like you're a very strong woman. Um, so growing up in in your home, were you the strongest personality? Like what what's the age order? That's what's tough. Uh, yeah. If you meet my family, it's a lot going on. Uh, so I am not even the strongest personality, but people that meet me are always like, you're so extra. Yeah. Well, wait till you meet my brother. Wait till you meet my mom. <laughs> yeah. But my oldest sister's 34. Second oldest is 30. Third oldest is 26. I'm 25. And then my younger brother is 23. Okay. And yeah, I would say I'm the closest with my sec or the sister right above me. She's 16 yeah. months older than me and my brother, the ones that are here with me in Wisconsin. And, but 
yeah, my the family dynamic, we're all pretty loud. But that sounds <laughs> fun now. All, no, it's so fun. And we always compete. Growing up, we had like our Stone Olympics and we would my uh -huh. dad put us through who could do the <laughs> most like push yeah. up and oh my gosh, like jump rope, all this stuff. And we were just going at it. Like we do not lack a competitive nature and yeah. household for Wait, sure. Wait, so I bet holidays are fun. Do you guys have something crazy um, planned for Christmas? Are you guys all going to be together? Uh, I was going to go home. I just saw them all. Uh, but I've been traveling, traveling so much. And I am going to San Diego pretty soon. And so I just decided that I was going to stay in Wisconsin for the rest of the time that I have left. Yeah. Train, get ready, and be prepared for season so right. like it's right around the corner the family yeah it's really right around the corner it came yeah. up very fast yeah well that's gonna be super exciting we're going to take a quick break to discuss this episode's sponsor. Resist Spirits is a proud supporter and friend of the Write It Down podcast. With brands like FKNG, Bourbon and Vodka, Resist Spirits is a spirits company that creates lifestyle brands for consumers who want to level up and achieve their goals. FKNG is a bold and adventurous brand, not only in its appearance, but also in its taste. FKNG Bourbon and Vodka are distilled from the highest quality ingredients processed both in the USA and Mexico with the finest ingredients. You can go to their website, resistspirits.com, resistspirits.com to order your bottles today. Now, back to the show. Talk a little bit. I, I know you're in Wisconsin for your boot thing. So let's talk a little bit about relationships. Um, I also think that young women need to know that there are healthy relationships out there and there's different dynamics that you have to juggle. You know, you're dating a professional athlete, you're a professional athlete. So why don't you tell us a little bit about dating in general, but also dating in a professional athlete world, because it is a different ball game in a sense, because there's more eyes on you. There's, you know, unsolicited advice and comments, you know? Yeah. And so how, how do you navigate that being such a young, beautiful woman yourself? I think just trust I, that's the foundation of every relationship and we really trust and love each other and appreciate and respect I think because we're both athletes we both know what each other is going through which really helps and we train together sometimes in the off season I die <laughs> I was gonna um, say like <laughs> no one time they like didn't switch the weights they were like it's not your body that can't do it it's your mind You're like, like no it's my body <laughs> no I, like, I don't think I can get a blow up I swear but it's really oh. fun. like we have a good time. We're very similar, almost too similar. Um, but we're always having a good time and supporting each other. I think when we make decisions, it he really helps me and keeps my mind steady, especially when I was deciding if I wanted to go back overseas or even my decision on if I was going to play in a different pro volleyball federation team or stick with Mojo. Uh, he just like makes me really, he's like, what do you want to do? I know yeah. what everyone saying in your ear but like take away all whatever the perks may be like where do you see yourself happiest like where yeah. is the situation where like you are going to find the most joy and like be the best version of yourself like yeah who cares about everything else to the side and like okay California yeah, I can do this <laughs> yeah I, I can do hard things so is this the longest relationship you've ever been in or yeah. oh, I wow. never thought <laughs> I never thought I would be in a long relationship. I don't know why. I like yeah. before that, my longest relationship was like eight months. Yeah. And 
we met very, we had a mutual friend. And so we had known each other throughout college, but never met in person. And then we were just in the right area at the right time. He was training before he left for Green Bay. And I was visiting my, me and my sister went to LA to visit our friend. I posted a Snapchat story with the geotag. Little. Swiped up. Where you at? <laughs> where you be, girl? <laughs> I know. And we've really been together ever since. It's just wow. crazy. I went. We became official like June 18th and of 2020. And then I went overseas in August. And we did so cute. lots of long distance. <laughs> like, that is hard. Although yeah. I feel like in the beginning, it's probably better to be long distance because oh you're getting to know each other. So like FaceTime and texting, but once you've built that in-person relationship and then to be ripped, like mm -hmm. I feel like it's super hard. So maybe timing wise, it was, you know, obviously it was perfect because here you guys are now in a committed relationship. And so when you guys met, had he had already signed with Green Bay, like you already kind of knew oh. where he was going. And I okay. was going there and I had just signed. It was funny because they had just posted my, um, official signing post for the their Instagram account and then the next day the Packers posted his official signing I was like we oh. really <laughs> it was you really are similar <laughs> no too similar I'm like you do the laundry yeah <laughs> yeah literally do you so do you guys like when you fight who's the first to apologize are you guys both like hard-headed oh, he, he is he, really I'm, yeah you oh, go girl yeah, we're stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. I feel so bad. Like, I feel bad, but I never apologize. So it's fine. Okay, I'm like, yeah. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I love that you guys have that authentic, you know, relationship and that you guys are candid with each other. I think that's just the thing, right? Is whether you're professional athletes or not, that foundation of trust is huge because we live in such a world where like you have access to anyone and everyone. Like, you know, you like a artist like uh, and you can follow them on Instagram you can message them they might not respond but you know yeah. you can because we live in a very like accessible world and so I think again in both of y'all's positions and professional like as professional athletes beautiful strong people like it's one of those things where that trust factor if it's not there like that could be that could be really rough and so I think that's super admirable. What advice would you give to young women that, or maybe not even young women, all all women of <clears throat> being secure in yourself before you're secure with in yeah. somebody else? I think I'm a very confident person, and like I know who I am, like what I bring. I I'm aware of my yeah. flaws. Yeah, I think with that knowing all of that and before starting a relationship because I mean there's been times where I was single and I wanted to be with somebody but I don't I was always wondering like do they have a wandering eye like what is going on like to the point where it's like maybe I shouldn't even be with them if I'm I can memorize their following list like literally <laughs> like fun. it might be my trauma speaking but I know I know what's happening but it's I think just being secure in who you are and being confident in who you are. Like people can tell me, I can have someone tell me I'm ugly and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> and <Liar>. thanks. <laughs> or like I have multiple people because of like who he is and what he does. Like there'll be people that I'll just post something on Twitter and the reply will be like, he's cheating on you. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. no, he's not. Yeah. Like, like 
I'm with him right now. Like I have access to everything. I can assure you. Yeah. But I don't need, yeah, I don't. But you, yeah. Need, I have never, like I had prior relationships where I felt like maybe I need to, you know, go through his phone. Maybe I need to plant one of my friends to like, yeah. like his oh yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. But I, I get it. I, yeah. <laughs> in there. Guilty. Like I never have ever felt that way. And I feel like if you do feel that way in a relationship, then the, there needs to be like it's two ended communication and to really express yourself. That was something I always struggled on. I always knew what I wanted to say, but I out of fear or like, yeah, fear of resentment or neglection. I yeah. never would speak my mind and like kept in a lot of hurt throughout like situationships, relationships, whatever it may have been. Or I would save it up, be like, I could never say it in person. And I would just right. Write a long text. Yeah, just, just a, yeah, quick text. Send it. Throw your phone. Go to bed. Yeah. Like, by the way, two hours ago when we were in person, like <laughs> <laughs> when I could have said it, and so I think now, just like when I have something that's on my mind, like speaking about it right away. Like let's yeah. clear communication is so important. Trust is so important. Like those are your foundations and your building blocks. Because I mean, what was that Twenty One Savage song? And he was like, "You can still love somebody and still stab them in the back." I'm like, Cause that's so true. Like. <laughs> you're like it's too true like what is you reading my it's diary true. like, like no it's true. true and I think that goes back to like the fact that you respect yourself and you know yourself and ultimately like love yourself and I think that probably and I'm not saying this is the only way you can get there as a woman but like having a strong support system mm -hmm. or family like I know for me like my parents are awesome and so and I'm grateful for that and I'm sure your parents are as well and to be able to have people in your corner that are like no listen like without sounding like a complete prideful person you're you're it you're the package you're you know and knowing that about yourself and it doesn't mean the person that you're going to date isn't the package either um, but if you think they're the world and you think little of yourself, that's when you're going to start to be timid when you have something to say, like, or when you need to speak up on a situation. And so I think the fact that your boyfriend and you, like, you don't have that, like, preconceived notion or anything about each other, like, you can scoff at somebody being like, yeah, he's cheating. You're like, okay, like, okay. I'd and like I to see him try. So. <laughs> Exactly. Like, <laughs> somebody better than yeah like good luck yeah <laughs> but again we say that in jest but that's not his character to do that in the first yeah. place but to be able to have that posture towards yourself I think is huge in the dating world so and, like knowing what you want out of another person like love languages we had talked about it in I think high school when we were talking about knowing how to speak to your teammates and what each teammate needs but it's the same I mean I think it was made for relationships like knowing yeah. what your partner's love not for your teammates it's <laughs> love, so, love languages your team book yeah <laughs> we did it's like that. knowing your partner's love languages and I always tell my parents I feel like I give them advice now I'm like mom your love language is quality time yes <laughs> affirmation like you need that and same yeah I need to be like great job like someone needs to tell me that all the at time. all times like, yeah yeah did yeah. <laughs> that look cool like yeah I, like 100 percent yeah so I think really understanding that because if you're if your love language is that but their love language is like acts of service then the way that you're providing love like maybe not that doesn't work for them and like you can see conflict there and it's something that will fester in your mind like well I'm telling him this all the time or this blah 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 but like that's not how they receive that's not love. how they receive love at all yeah. 
Yeah. It's like not just how you take in love and how you give love, but what, what does your partner need? Partner need. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, a, yeah, it's funny because I actually just had this conversation with my dad and he was like, you know, most people go into a relationship thinking it's about them, but it's about the other person. And so if you're focused on your significant other and he's focused on you, you're both being focused on, but you're both being selfless. And I was like, I really like that because it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have respect for yourself and like take care of your needs, of course, and only get needs met by them. But it's a level of relationships are hard work and you're supposed to be selfless. And it's the same thing with your team, right? Like you win as a team, you lose as a team. And, you know, as much as like, you know, I watch um, the NFL, but I'm a huge Miami Dolphins fan. So it's just like in my blood and (laughs) it's just right here. So sorry about it. But and the, <laughs> um, but in the same breath, it's like, you know, I'll I'll look, I'll watch the games, right? And if we lose, I literally am like, oh, that's because this guy didn't do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. But then every single time the team is asked about, well, what do you think Tua could have done? Or what do you think Tyreek could have done? Whatever, whatever. And they're like, no, we all could have done this. And I'm like, that's a huge shift. I mean, I'm pointing fingers, but I'm a couch quarterback, right? Yeah. But I think that's the thing too. And I think, you having that position in life and how you view yourself and others is going to be huge specifically for, for Mojo and for the team and the organization that's growing here. Um, do you find yourself um, having a hard time to fight your pride? Like how do you remain humble when all eyes are on you, whether it's because you're dating a famous quarterback or your, your notoriety in your own you know, profession? How do you find yourself being humble? Um, I really like the quote from Billie Jean King where she says pressure is a privilege uh, and that helps me remain positive in like a lot of phases of my life. It's pressure is only given to those who have earned it. And Mm. so when people say like, oh, you must be going through a lot. I'm like, I'm in such a cool position. Um, Yeah, maybe you could think of it as stressful. Like there are eyes on you, but like how cool is it that I'm at this point in my life, like little me would be so excited. Would yeah. never have ex- ever have thought like I would be like playing in San Diego and being able to be like a franchise player mm-hmm. and like living in, well, really little me would never have thought I would have been in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> winters are harsh. So. Winters are harsh. <laughs> but again, like pressure is a privilege. And if you just like change the way and it's hard, it's not going to happen like the flip of a switch. I remember like, my sophomore year of college playing was really hard for me because I had such a good freshman year. And I was like, I need to be even better every single time. Like I kept putting it on myself. But when you think of it, it's of how cool that is that people expect that out of you. And that's what I tell my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, how cool is it to like, you're replacing a hall of fame, hall of fame quarterback. Like you're in a city where it is the Packers. Like you hear green Bay, like you fly in, the airport's covered in Packers. You're straight driving up. around and it's like the street names are from Packers legends. And Cheesehead. Like, like cheese everywhere. everywhere. I'm like, that is so I don't cool. get it, but whatever. That's another <laughs> you're in a position yeah. that you're going somewhere and people are expecting greatness out of you. Like it would be way different if you were to go to a different team where no one cares what you do. It's like, get us a win. Like, yeah. no, they're like Super Bowl this year now. Right. And- that might be scary, but at the same time, again, like how cool that you're even in that situation to be spoken about, like with those people behind you. And so yeah. Yeah, it's a privilege and 
that's really my mindset when I go through like the tough times. Yeah, of course. And I think it's also like kind of what you're talking about with Green Bay and what you guys are cultivating in San Diego with Mojo. It's like you're creating a legacy. Mm -hmm. So while you guys are like the first to do it, right, which is a huge honor and privilege and street names are going to be named after you, you know, but the like watch it happen. But these other girls that are going to fill in the gaps in 10, 15 years and, you know, they're going to feel what your boyfriend's feeling, you know, with Mm -hmm. with Green Bay and whatever else, you know, God has for you, too. But you are creating a legacy and you're you're paving the way um, for other people to fill that. And that's also an honor and a privilege to be able to to do that. And you've seen both sides with your dad having huge success and, and with your boyfriend having huge success and you've had huge success. And now you're like, all right, let's take this to the next level for, for women's volleyball. And like, how fun is that? Like, I feel like you're in like the most fun time of your life. Like, you know, we have something to promote the league, whether we're traveling to try on, like, this is a Ren athletics long sleeve and it's so comfortable, but like being yeah. able to go there and try it on and feel it before that the league agreed to partner with them. I'm like, that's so cool that you care about our opinions, but yeah. like everything that we're doing, they want the players to be comfortable and they want the players to like help build it because we are the ones that are going to be the, at the forefront. And so it's really an yeah. honor and we're all blessed to be in this position. I'm again, like everything, it's a dream come true. So yeah, I love that. Well, I know I've like chatted with you for a long time and um, I could girl talk with you all day. I feel like we got something going, yeah. but um, we are getting to the close of our show, but I have a couple rapid fire questions before we get to our write it down. Um, the first one I have is what do your friends call you? Ron. Ron. Okay. Yeah. I bet your dad is like so happy. No, everyone in my family are just Rons. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you just like, what is the your least favorite thing somebody calls you? It's hard because so many people call me this, but I don't like being called Ronnie. I was going to ask, do you hate that? My sister's name is Ronnie and love her. Yeah. She, she's a cheerleader and she's very much at Ronnie, like, woo. <laughs> and it's just so great for her. So every time I hear that, I'm like, that is so like the opposite of me. Yeah. You're like um, I hate it. Stop calling me that. But it's okay. It's just like people yeah, say that. No, I I feel that way when people call me Brooklyn because my name's not Brooklyn, and I have no like. If your name is Brooklyn, great. Yeah. But I'm like, there's no Lynn. It's not even my middle name. Yeah. So don't do that. Like it's not. It's not funny. Not or like Ronika when they <laughs> Ronika. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> like a little. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but it it really sucks. Okay. What is your go-to favorite Christmas song? Ooh, this Christmas, Chris Brown. Oh, see, listen, I I get it. I was listening to a Christmas song by um, LMA or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I mean, I like a little R&B sexualized Santa. I don't really know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm vibing to this. It's not Holly Jolly Christmas, but no. it's a vibe. I love that song. Okay, um, last one. What did you? What's your biggest gift that you asked for for Christmas? I asked for a camera. I did. I wasn't specific on the type of camera. A little handheld. I want to be able to see my. I want to flip the screen so when I'm Lighting. taking a selfie, I can see what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. 
Obviously. That was the thing I Not us before the interview looking for the right light. For you. Know, Not- exactly. That's what I should have asked for another window in the basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, we are at the point of the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down. So, Veronica Stone, what is your write it down? I did say pressure is a privilege. I do love that quote. Um, but also control the controllables. Mm-hmm. That's another thing when you're really going through something and you feel like everything's going wrong. I always go back to it because it's like, can, did I do everything I could in that moment? Is there anything else I could have done? No, then stop worrying about it. Like yep. control what you can control and the rest will figure it out. I love that so much. And I think that goes back to that mindset of that's what's going to help you make the best decision is you can't toil. You can't sit there and split hairs over things you can't control. You just move forward. And that's the best way to do it. So Ronica, thank you so much for joining the Write It Down podcast. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.